Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some games, every y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful Deanna. What's up, D? What's up, Zay? Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Of course, of course. A wonderful introduction because it's a wonderful episode. Today, yes, we got a very, very, you know, we say every guest is special, but today we really got a very, today very... really special. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we got a super dope person, man. We are uh, connected in Orlando, so we both were speaking at my guy's Jay Monopoly Better Way Conference. And uh, after the conference, we went out and we kicked it like we had dinner. And uh, this was my first time meeting him. And uh, the vibe, it was real genuine. It was a pretty vibe. We had good conversation, good food. Mm -hmm. And we just kept in touch. I'm like, yeah, we, we got to have him on the show one day. And today he's here. And it's my guy, Austin Rutherford, man. He's killing it on every platform right now, killing yep. the business. So welcome to the show, bro. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this. Pre yeah. Appreciate you guys inviting me out. Man, we, we, ha we, we happy you're we happy you here. Before we start, we just wanted to advise everybody to please uh, like, subscribe, comment, and rate. Do all those things. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, we're going to get right into the show. So let's get right into it. So before we start, do, do you mind just giving a quick background on yourself for the people that's not familiar with you that don't know nothing about you? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I got uh, my first dream was to go to the NBA. You know, that, that, <laughs> didn't, <laughs> that didn't necessarily work out. Um, so kind of like fell out of love with the game of real estate and then fell in love with the game, uh, fell out of love with the game of basketball and fell in love with the game of real estate. Uh, so I read somewhere it said 90 percent of all people who filed a tax return with a million dollars or more on it had real estate in their portfolio. Yep. I was like, okay. all right, bet. like that's, that's how I'm going to get rich. So I uh, fell in love with passive income, bought my first rental property at 20 years old, um, started flipping houses at 22, um, you know, probably done 300, 350 houses since um, on a about almost $10 million rental portfolio. Um, still doing, you know, wholesaling, flipping rentals, apartment buildings, and, uh, you know, pushing the brand pretty heavy right now. And yeah. then I fell in love with crypto, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to get it, too. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, for real. So that first deal, you said, how old you say you were? 20 years. You were 20, you were 20 years old, and you was in Columbus. Yep. So how, how did that first deal happen? Yeah, so absolutely. So, again, fell in love with the idea of passive residual income, money that comes in all the time without you working. I was like, all right, rental properties is the way. So I started researching it. Uh, found a duplex on Ohio State University's campus and I uh, had like 35 grand saved in my name just from like hustling when I was a teenager. Um, you know, valeting cars, flipping Buckeye necklaces, flipping candy, uh, just making money, right? Uh, so I had 35 grand. Um, I was valeting for about a year and a half at the time uh, and then used that as a down payment, bought the property. I uh, was making about $1,000 a month in cash flow. Um, owned the property for eight years, actually sold it like two years ago, uh, two weeks ago. Really? Um, and when I sold it, it made like 160 grand uh, plus a thousand dollars a month for the last you know eight years. So uh, it paid off long term, but that, that was kind of the first property. That's a hell of a first deal. <laughs> That's a, that is a hell of a first deal. But something I want you to touch on real quick. You said you had 30 grand saved at 20 yeah. years old. Yep. What like how did that even happen? Because most twenty year olds literally have nothing, zero dollars. Like what? How did that even happen? No, absolutely. So it was at the time it sucked, but it was a blessing in disguise. So you know, growing up, I would I would cut grass, I would shovel driveways. There's these things in Ohio called Buckeye necklaces for the Ohio yeah. State Buckeyes. So I'd pay my friends two dollars a necklace to make them. I'd go to the games and sell them for five dollars a necklace. Um, I was valeting cars. I was buying candy in bulk. And uh, selling it at high school, you know, I actually got called in the principal's office. They thought I was slinging dope, but I was oh. slinging candy. Um, so I just like always like started making money. And, you know, back in the day, I always would lose my wallet mm -hmm. and I'd have like, you know, a few hundred dollars in there. And my parents finally was like, you know, start a bank account. But like I wasn't old enough to have a bank account. So the bank account was in their name. It was mm -hmm. just my money. So I started putting all this money into the bank account, you know, stacking it up. And like there, every once in a while, I'd be like, yo, mom, like I want this four wheeler. You know, mm -hmm. it's three grand. Like, let me let me buy this four wheeler. Yeah. And they'd be like, nah, you can't have your money. And at the time, I was like, what you mean I can't have my, money? my like, money? It's my money. <laughs> but looking back, like, you know, I turned 20 and bought a crib with it. I was like, man, that was a blessing in disguise. So uh, just kind of like, you know, making money young mm -hmm. um, and delaying gratification and uh, being blessed that I guess I couldn't touch my money. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Was saving something that was stressed in your household like, uh, with your parents? Yes. Um, not necessarily saving but like you know looking into the future um mm -hmm. you know like they we're not wealthy by any means uh, mm -hmm. but like we've never gone without 
Um, so like they've always like talked about retirement and, you know, putting a portion of your money into, you know, IRAs, 401ks, things like that. So it was definitely, you know, a conversation that was had when we were younger. That's really good. Sure. That's really good. No, that's, that's, that's crazy. So your second, your second deal, was it pretty much modeled after the first one? Nah, so it was very, very different. So like the first deal was a rental property. Um, it's just something, you know, I owned for years. Mm -hmm. And then, so I spent the 35 grand on that deal and I was broke. Like I didn't have any more money. So it took me 20 years to save $35,000. I was like, man, you know, if I want to buy more rental properties, I got to find a way to make money faster. So my realtor made like $8,000 uh, on commission on that deal. So I was like, bet, I'm going to go get my license. Went and got my license. It took me like a week to get my license. You know, I just did it straight through. Um, sold a couple of houses, hated it, met a mentor, paid him $25,000, pulled out new credit cards, maxed out the credit cards, paid him 25 G's. And uh, 16 months after that day, ended up flipping my first house. Uh, it was a $74,000 purchase, $170,000 rehab, um, and then ended up netting $107,000 net profit on that first flip. So I was able to raise a quarter million dollars from other people to fund the deal. Uh, flipped it, sold it, made 100 rags, reinvested it all back into the business. And it just took off from there. Damn. <laughs> Something I want to ask you, though, is you paid 25 k for a mentor. Yep. And I know a lot of people have a hard time justifying spending yep. that amount of, mon amount of money on mentorship. What value did you get out of that um, process to help you, you know, move forward? No, absolutely. I, I believe wholeheartedly in education. Mm -hmm. I don't really believe in the traditional system. Um, so education is needed. You don't have to spend 25 grand, you mm -hmm. know, to get into the business, number one. Uh, but, you know, spending money on a course, on a mentor, on somebody who's done what you're trying to do, um, I think is amazing. You know, I just spent 15 grand on a mentor in the crypto space last week because I'm like, all right, you know, I'm trying to blow this up. You know, mm -hmm. let me let me learn from somebody who's doing it. Uh, so 90 percent of this business is mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so like they teach you the how to's, but you can learn a lot of that on like YouTube and stuff. Uh, but they like really give you the confidence to go out there and actually implement. So uh, for me, it's just, it's, you know, studying somebody who's doing what you're doing, uh, what mm -hmm. you want to do, um, and then actually implementing what they teach. Most people don't ever implement. They That's really don't. <laughs> the confidence is priceless. Facts. That's a fact. Facts. So like, when did you um, get into um, capital raising? Because I know you, you raised what, like $20 million in yeah. capital. So yeah. like, when did you get into the yeah, so that first deal, for, okay. the first one I bought with my money and then financed it through mm -hmm. a bank, and then the first flip, the second deal, um, you know, I didn't have two hundred fifty grand to fund the deal, so mm -hmm. I had to raise money. Uh, so from that first deal, you know, been able to raise over twenty million dollars since. So talk, like, just talk about that. Like, how do you? Because I know this is a topic that a lot of people are like, man, how the hell I come to somebody and convince them to Facts. give me money? Facts. So like, how you even like build up the co the confidence? To even do that for sure i mean it, everyone always says like you need money to make money that right. helps for sure it helps but it's not necessarily needed uh so like for me when i that first deal i thought i was like asking somebody to believe in me and at the time that's what i was doing you know i was asking somebody to take their retirement and invest it into a 21 year old kid that's never been in real estate never been in business never been in construction like that that was an ask right from a negotiating standpoint when you're asking it's very hard to negotiate like that uh, so luckily I was able to raise that money. But after that, I changed my mindset because I understood the power of what I was offering. I'm not asking people for money anymore. I'm giving people an opportunity of a lifetime because you got to understand mm. when people like when we borrow money, their alternative is like stock markets, CDs, which are like 0.1% cash in the bank. Yep. Um, and we're teaching people how to get access to money as well, like uh, HELOCs. Um, like refinancing properties, like cash value life insurance policies. So we're teaching people how to make money on money that they don't even have. Like it's literally free money. And, you know, if you can get four, six, eight percent in the stock market with being very volatile and we can give you a solid eight, 10, 12 percent year after year after year, we can literally double or triple your retirement account. Like I've, I've had people call me and like, y'all, I retired 10 years early because of these deals that we've been doing with you. Um, you know, my parents, like I got them into lending money and they're like, you know, this, our, our future outlook looks so much better, you know, knowing we can earn those types of returns. So the biggest thing is not like asking people for something it's presenting somebody truly an opportunity of a lifetime to invest their money with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a bar. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you. So of course, over time, the deals have gotten bigger. Do you mm -hmm. think it was easier to raise money right. when the deals were smaller or now that they've gotten bigger? Um, to me now, like it, I genuinely believe it's an opportunity. So mm -hmm. I literally tell everybody I meet about what I do because mm -hmm. I feel like it's a disservice to them for me not telling them. Mm -hmm. 
Um, raising money's if I get like a hundred million dollar deal or a twenty million dollar deal, yeah, you know, that's, that's I'm gonna have to like stretch to, to raise that. But you know, we've done multi million dollar deals and you know have raised money in twenty four forty eight mm-hmm. hours for the deal. So I don't think it gets more difficult. I think it gets easier the more conversations you have about it. You know, I always say like dig your well before you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. So like when you need money, don't go ask for money then because you feel desperate. Like, talk to everybody all the time. So when you need money, you're only a call away for raising it. Mm-hmm. So so since you have, like, a solid network now, making it much easier for you to raise money. So for the person that's, like, in the beginning stages and they might not have the network, like, where can they, like, meet people and find people to raise money? Absolutely. So uh, two of my biggest lenders today I met at real estate meetups, like local real estate meetups. So I always say, like, to raise money, you have to be around money. So, you know, whether that's going to country clubs or steakhouses or or car shows or golf courses or real estate conferences, like that's where the money's at. So I'm trying to put myself in those situations as often as possible. And then once you're in those situations, it's like, okay, cool. You know, how do I actually talk to a millionaire? Right. I'm broke. Uh, So what I always do, what I kind of switch the conversation, I go up, I always create conversation like, hey, nice car. Uh, That's a great, you know, steak. Uh, did you see that game last night? Like, start the conversation, and it always leads to, well, what do you do? They yep. either ask me what I do or I ask them what they do, and it always comes back to me somehow, some way. So if you sit there and you're like, oh, I'm in real estate, or oh, I'm in college, or, you know, something boring, they're like, okay, cool. And then they would turn Maybe around tell somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Talk, to their, talk to their next friend. So you have to be interesting when you answer that question. So what I say now, it depends who I'm talking to. But when I say now, if I'm trying to raise money, they ask me what I do. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a real estate developer and I teach other people how to invest their money into real estate and potentially earn double digit returns. So if they have any interest in that whatsoever, invest their money into real estate. Everybody wants to be in real estate. So that's interesting. And potentially earn double digit returns. They're like, how the world do we do that? I'm earning 3% a year. And if they're like, what do you mean? How do you do that? Now your foot's in the door. You know, mm-hmm. so not, then you got to be educated on the process of private money lending. But that's how the conversations initially start for me. Mm. And, that, and that's uh, we talked about that on the show before. Just talking about because me and my boy, Tay, we go out to upscale spots all the time. Nice. And one, I remember we met a dude that builds skyscrapers because he noticed his uh, Rolex. He's yep. like, hey, man, that's a nice watch. Yep. Next thing you know, what do you do? What do y'all do? We got a whole conversation. <laughs> we got a relationship now. So that's that's definitely like, no, that's some that's some real, real valuable games. I see you want to say something, D. I do, but my question is slipping my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what you said to that, like, you have to, like, talk, no. right? Most people are too scared to have a conversation. Like, just talk. Hey, nice watch. Hey, nice chain. Hey, beautiful car. What do you do for a living? Yep. Like, just speak the conversation, and that's how opportunities present themselves. Mm. Communication. I got my question back. Uh-huh. So for the people who do invest with you, and let's say life happens, uh-huh. and, you know, maybe got to shift some things around. Is there any way for them to get their money back out of that deal? Yeah, absolutely. So we first we tell everybody who does invest with us, like, don't invest money you like think you're going to need in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't be like, you know, the money you need for your rent payment. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, their life does happen. Mm-hmm. So the way that we structure the terms, like when somebody lends us money, we give them a promissory note on the deal. We give them a mortgage on the house. So they're in theory taking the place of a bank. If you look at all the banks downtown, they're the biggest buildings because they make the most money. Mm-hmm. So if you can take the place of a bank, that's a good position to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not pay monthly uh, interest payments. We let all the principal and interest accrue until we pay off the loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we write the note on a 12-month note with an automatic 90-day extens- extension uh, if we don't you know, pay it off in time. Um, we get all the purchase, all the rehab up front, mm-hmm. um, and there's no prepayment penalty, mm-hmm. and we require a 30-day notice to pay the money back to them. So if they, you know, we get into the deal and they need the money back, mm-hmm. give us a 30-day notice. We'll bring in another lender. We'll cash you out. All right. Mm-hmm. And is there a minimum for someone to invest with you guys? Uh, so like the the lowest amount of money we've taken is like twenty five grand. Okay. Uh, you know, highest is millions of dollars. Uh, but like it just depends on the deal. Like let's say we have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar property. It's a hundred k purchase, fifty k rehab that we're trying to uh, raise for, and somebody has a hundred k. So they'll be first position on the loan, mm-hmm. and then we'll go out and we'll raise another fifty grand for second position. Um, and that's how like those smaller numbers kind of come into play. Okay. okay, gotcha. And how are you deciding like whether you're going to uh, buy a property to rent or buy something to flip? Great question. So when I started, it was just flipping, right? You know, flipping, wholesaling, trying to stack up as much money as possible, you know, hit the multiple six-figure months. You know, that's what everybody on social media was doing. It looked <laughs> great. I was like, cool, I'm trying to do that. 
But then the problem is what I did, I woke up four years later and I was still doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. I was chasing the same deals. I closed the deal, make a check. I had to go get the next deal every single time. And I was like, man, like, that's not like the lifestyle I want. Like, I want freedom. I don't want to have to be chasing money all the time. Uh, and over that time, like, I bought like 10 rental properties or something like that. But that day I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done chasing money. So I went from flipping being the first exit strategy to renting being the first exit strategy. So as a deal comes in, the first evaluation is a rental property now. So we bought like 40 rental properties in 90 days because we made that pivot and that's what we was focusing on. So now when deals come in, our first option is to keep it as a rental. And what we look for is we look for $400 a month per door per month in profit. And we look to get into the deal using none of our own money, using the Burr method, buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. And if it hits those numbers, we're keeping it as a rental, no questions asked. If it mm. doesn't, then we look to flip. If it doesn't fit that, then we look to wholesale. Makes, that, make, that makes sense. What uh, primary market do you guys invest in? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus. Yeah. Why Columbus? Uh, it's just where I'm born and raised is <laughs> what I know. Uh, we've wholesaled in like Cincinnati and Nashville before. Um, I just, I know Columbus. So mm -hmm. I know if I'm like getting a good deal, I have the contracting teams, I have the property management teams. Uh, so it's just kind of where I've, I've built it at. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. How, uh, how has Columbus held up since the pandemic started? It's, it's going crazy. Yeah. Like that. I bought a house. I, I did like the Burr method on a duplex. And it, when I did it, it appraised for 210. Um, and I just sold it for 380. And that was two years ago that I bought it. Columbus? So two years, it almost doubled in value. That is crazy. So like yeah, th those two, like I sold, it was two <laughs> duplexes. I sold them both, made 200 racks a piece on them. Like it, it's, Columbus is crazy right now. Yeah. I had no idea Columbus was like doing that. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've never thought about, about that it market. Yeah. But it's like, they're trying to make it the next Silicon Valley. Like, you know, there's really? been like smart city really? grants that mm -hmm. have been given to the uh, country and city, uh, Columbus has beat San Francisco. For those grants so oh. like it's booming um you know i don't think it'll be silicon valley <laughs> yeah but it's definitely growing i definitely i definitely didn't know that so as far as <clears throat> as far as flipping properties so like what is some of the um like what's your favorite strategies when it comes to that yeah i keep it simple right you know i've i went in and i've over improved properties and when you do that you spend a bunch of money on the rehab but like, so sometimes we used to rip out all the kitchens, every single one of them. Now we paint existing cabinets, which saves us like two to four K a, a deal in material and labor. You know, I just thought back in the day, I was like, everybody wants new cabinets, right? So ripped them out and I'd probably did a hundred houses like that. So I lost 200 to 400 grand doing that when I could have just painted the cabinets. So like we try to keep it super simple, not over improve properties, improve them like to a level where we know it will sell. Um, and then sell it, you know, don't, don't spend, spend the least amount of time as possible in it. And when I got started, we we're doing like deals that needed a hundred, $150,000 in rehab. Like these were massive projects, getting them to the studs, additions, foundations, like everything. And, uh, it was a lot of work and I lost mm -hmm. some money on some of the deals. Cause like numbers get way out of whack when you're doing projects that big and, uh, made a lot of money, lost some money. But I was like, bro, this is a headache. Like, I have to be on site, you know, managing this because it's a lot of moving pieces. It's like, I don't want to be on site no more. This is kind of when we made the, re the rental pivot. Uh, so what we do now, we don't rehab properties that need more than $40,000 of work. So buy to sell, buy, renovate, list, and sell is usually about 90 days. Uh, so we're, we're getting in and out of these properties as quickly as possible. Mm, I love it. And, like, right now, and this is a conversation I love having with, like, real estate investor is, the, the thought of what is a good deal right now with the market is kind of like scorching. Yep. So I know a lot of people have like different ideas and perspectives on what they believe is a good deal. So in your opinion, what is a good deal right now in the real estate market? For sure. So I get that question all the time. Like, should I buy now if the market's mm -hmm. going to crash? Uh, and the way that I look at it, if it's a deal, we're still buying, right? So if, if we buy a rental property and it cash flows $400 a month in positive income, it really doesn't matter if the value of the property goes from 200 to 170 or 150. It doesn't matter because we're still making money every single month. So real estate markets go up and down, but always go up over time. So if I'm able to buy this property, get into it, cash flow it, but the value of the property happens to go down and we have a market crash, I'm still positive cash flow. I can weather whatever time it takes for the property to increase in value again. Uh, so I look for cash flow on these deals. And if it cash flows, if it hits our number, it's very hard for us to like actually lose at the end of the day. 
Um, so rental properties, cash flow is king. That's what we look for. Um, and then flips, again, markets can change, right? Markets don't change overnight. They take three, six, nine months to change. So that's why we're doing the smaller rehabs so we can get in and out of deals in 90 days. We look to make like 12 to 20% net on a deal. So if we sell a house for 200 grand ARV after repaired value, we look to make 24 to 40,000 net on the deal. Mm -hmm. Obviously the more the better, but right. we'll go down to 12% in this market. How big of a factor is a uh, appreciation in the thought process? None. Really? So that, that's where people get tied up. Like that's that's when people go bankrupt. They buy wow. a project now, you know, but it's gonna sell for 220 in three months. But what happens if that 220 doesn't happen, right? So the appreciation, we made a lot of money on rehabs because it has been appreciating, which is a blessing. Like we bought a, it's a million dollar crib. We thought we were gonna sell it for like 800. We have two $1 million offers on the table right now. And like project's not even done. So we made an extra 200 grand on one deal just because of appreciation. Again, that's just icing on the cake. That's right. not what we went into the deal for. But like that's when people get like messed up. You know, uh. they start over projecting numbers, markets turn. And then they're stuck holding the bag and they got to go bankrupt. So we, we don't do any. I love appreciation, right, right, right. but we don't value right. the property based on that. I love that perspective because that's the conversation I hear a lot between like either appreciation or cash flow. Which one should I go cash after? Flow. And cash I, flow yeah. is king. Cash flow, lack of cash flow bankrupts people, period. If you don't have cash flow, you will go bankrupt when things go bad. But if you have cash flow, the people with cash flow always survive. So if you have cash flow, no matter what happens in the market, you're going to be all right. So I, I'm looking for that. I want mm -hmm. the cash flow. I, I do not want to get stuck holding the bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, see You want to say something? Yep. So I wanted to ask you something I see a lot of people ask is, do you think your first home should be your primary residence? And if someone is to buy you know, their first home as their primary does that prohibit them from still building wealth and real estate down the line? So I think it's a great way to get into the business. My first home was not my primary residence because I didn't know of this strategy called house hacking. Uh, but if, if you're like new into real estate, looking to get in, house hacking is a tremendous way to get into the business. So you can buy a, a one to four family building with a three and a half percent down payment. So let's say you go out there, you find a four unit building, it's worth 400 grand. You can mm -hmm. buy that property for $14,000. Most people think you need like a hundred grand to buy the house. 14 grand can get you into four units, owning four units, making $400 a month, $1,600 a month, and like getting into real estate. But mm -hmm. the cool thing is you move into one of those units. So you're only making $1,200 a month instead of $1,600 a month, net profit, and you're living for free. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So your, your tenants are paying your mortgage for you. Um, that's like house hacking, living, but mm -hmm. you're hacking it. And uh, by the first time I moved out of my parents' house, which was after I owned a bunch of real estate, it was kind of weird, but um, it was a Burr method and I house hacked it. So I got the house for free. I never put any of my money into it. And I was living for free because I house hacked it. Uh, it was a duplex, had someone move in and rented other bedrooms in my house to some of my mm -hmm. friends. But it's a tremendous way to get into the game of real estate. Um, and to, the, to your second question, does it inhibit you from growing wealth in real estate? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt you in any way, shape or form. You know, a lot of people ask me like how you can continue to buy rental properties because you have this debt to income ratio thing. But you know, the more houses you buy, the more debt you have. So mm -hmm. how do you qualify if you have more debt? The thing that happens with real estate, if you buy the deals, that cash flow, you become more bankable every property that you buy because you have more income coming in every single property. Mm -hmm. So it helps your, you know, ways of building generational wealth because you have more income coming in and you no longer have a mortgage payment. So your debt to income ratio is better at that point. So mm -hmm. uh, it does not stop you at all. That's the perfect answer. But let's take house hiking out of that scenario. Uh -huh. Like solely, I just want to live in this house with my family. Yeah. Do you still think that's a good idea? <sighs> I, I would not do that. Okay. So like the game I play in my head is like everything I want in life, how do I get somebody else to pay for it? Mm -hmm. So like if you want a house to live in, it's going to cost you $3,000 a month and a mortgage payment to live mm -hmm. with your family. Go out there and buy 10 rental properties. I know it sounds like a lot. It's not once you learn the game. Buy 10 rental properties, make $4,000 a month yep. in income to then pay for your house that you want to mm -hmm. live in. So it's just, it's asking yourself different questions and you get different answers. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I personally would not buy a primary residence first. Gotcha. That's, always, that's always the conversation. And you also, I've seen you also talking about um, making money in real estate while you broke. Yeah. So for the people that listen to this and they might have, Ears went up like, hold on, what you mean? Because people always ask that. Do you mind just talking about that for a second? No, absolutely. There's a lot of ways to get into the game of real estate when you have no money. You know, after that first deal, I was broke. Like, I didn't have money. 
So the ways to do it is you can flip houses with other people's money like I did. You can wholesale houses, which is uh, this thing called you get an agreement with the seller for 100 grand. You assign it to a buyer for 120 grand. Connect the parties. You make $20,000 in profit. You don't need credit. You don't need debt to income. You never need to buy the house. You literally connect parties and make the margin in the middle. Um, and some more detailed things are like subject twos, creative financing, seller financing. But all those things require none of your own money. And like people always say, like, how do I buy rentals if I don't have money? Right. Like if I don't qualify for rentals, how do I buy rentals? Exactly. Go out and make money to then qualify for the rental properties. So learn wholesaling, learn flipping, learn raising private money from private money lenders to fund your deals. That's what I did. Like I, I wasn't bankable. So I flipped houses. I made a ton of money. And then I went out and bought as many rental properties as I wanted mm-hmm. because I made myself bankable. Uh, but you definitely don't need money to start. I get that question all the time. Uh, learn to wholesale. Wholesale is a, a phenomenal entry level way, and you literally connect parties and get paid. Mm. Okay, okay. And I want to talk about brand building and social media for a second. <laughs> for sure. This is a huge topic that everybody's always interested in. So you're killing it on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. So, and you've been doing it for how long now? About two years, year and a half to two years. I, that's how like what how long I've been pushing. I've been on it for longer than that. But you just started like really pushing in two years. So like, what's some of the key takeaways that you could say to building a brand? Because that's fast. Yeah. Then even two years, that's fast to build it at the level that you build it at. Like, what's the biggest takeaways you could say you learned over time? No, absolutely. Uh, I believe three massive opportunities exist in today's world. One is real estate, it's created the most millionaires ever. Two is crypto. I think it's going to go crazy. And three is eyeballs, which is having a brand, social media. Um, so those are the three things that I'm pushing right now. Um, when I started, I was just like posting the post and add value. Now, like we actually like try to like get what what touches the most people. What gets eyeball, the, what gets my, me in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Uh, so the things that are working like in today's market, I think if you're not on TikTok, you're missing the wave. Like I blew up from zero to 550,000 followers in like five months. Changed my life. So <laughs> before coming, so I had a post. It hit 8 million people in a, like a five-day period. I got 80,000 followers in 48 hours. 80,000 followers in 48 hours. I hosted a, I, we just flew into Dallas. This is where we're shooting the, the podcast at. I hosted like a little lunch meet and greet right before this. And like more than half of the people that came met me from that one post. That's how they ended up following me on social media. And some of them paid me money. Some of them have bought my courses. Um, so getting in front of people is huge. But uh, TikTok is massive. You know, post, I post three to four times a day on TikTok. And then take those TikToks and posting them on Instagram Reels, Reels. IGTVs. So zero to 30 seconds is Reels. 30 to 60 seconds is just a post on Instagram. 60 plus is IGTV. And by far, the videos is what's getting eyeballs right now. Literally in the car over here, I was talking to my uh, video guy, and I was like, we're done with pictures. Like, you don't even need to take pictures of me no more. It's all video. Because, like, when I post pictures, and we do, like, those motivational quotes on it and stuff. Right. So, again, like, understanding, understanding business. I was posting pictures of me. They didn't really get shared, right? Then we started putting motivational quotes on them. Then they started getting shared. We would get, like, you know, one to 50 shares of like pictures of me with motivational content. Then we started posting videos and minimum I'm getting a hundred shares. I've had videos where I got 6,000 shares on one video. I'm like, oh yeah, video is the way to go. So I think TikTok is massive and video content on other platforms like Instagram and YouTube is definitely the direction you want to go in. Mm. Like, what do you think is the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to brand building on social media? <laughs> uh, they try to be like perfect and you, and you do have to have quality content but people try to get so perfect, they don't post anything. Um, and, you know, even even before that, like most people are just nervous to get on social media. That's a fact. And like I, I was that person. You know, people see me now almost a million followers, you know, throughout social media. And they're like, oh, well, you're good on camera. You know, you just post on, on, on social media all the time. Yeah, but like there was a time, like especially in high school, where I wouldn't talk to women because like I was so self-conscious of myself. Like, you know, uh, school proms and homecomings, mm-hmm. I would literally stand in the corner because, like, I tried to dance one time and I got embarrassed. Like, I swear, <laughs> I promise you, cameras whipped out. Like, I would turn my head around and, like, walk away. Yeah. I, I hated cameras. I hated social media. And my mentor was like, social media, social media, social media, social media. Like, a year and a half into him telling me that, I was like, all right, I'm going to do social media. So I was in San Diego, and I journaled, like, everything I was going to say on a Facebook Live. And I droned it all down just in case I forgot it, put it on the table, put like a water bottle up, put my phone on the water bottle. 
and I had it ready to click live and I literally stared at the button for an hour. I looked at the live button for an hour because I was nervous about who was going to see me, if I was going to choke on my words, if I was going to embarrass myself. An hour I contemplated this thing, finally clicked play, started talking like 30 seconds in. It tells you how many people are watching you. 30 seconds in, it said zero still. I was like, oh no, like I'm failing. Like this is it. I knew this was going to happen. Picked up the phone, clicked exit, and then it's like confirm or cancel. And right there, I was like, bro, if I confirm this, like, bro, I'm, I'm quitting. Like, you know what I mean? I, I'm not pursuing my dreams. So I clicked cancel, put the phone back down, finished the live. It was awful. It sucked. But, like, that's what got me started on, on this, you know, social media brand building journey. So, like, most people are just scared to post in general. Bro, you got to get through that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, nah, because I, f- I feel the same way. I think people that's not on, they missing, like, a, oh a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Literally. I tell people this shit all the time. I'm like, you can make so much money. Like, from your, but from your opinion, as far as, like, monetization, like, do you think people should build first, then monetize their platforms, or come out the gate trying to monetize their it, platform? It's what Gary Vee says, you know, jab, 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 right hook. And I don't know, like, I, I heard this story, I don't know if it's real, but I heard that Gary Vee wanted to name his book Jab, 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 right hook. And his editor was like, no, we're not doing that. He's like, I'm doing it. And they got into it, and they finally agreed to jab, 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 right hook. But the point behind that is you have to give so much value to people for free. Just give everything you know. People ask me all the time, like, why do you give so much? Like, you're giving out the game, right? First of all, 99% of people aren't going to do it. <laughs> like, that's just called spade to spade. But, like, you add so much value that people feel inclined to help you back in return. So I think you lead with value, and then you find a way to monetize it. Every monetization strategy I've had through social media is because people have asked me 100 times for that. Like, you give so much, then you get all these questions back. You're like, oh, crap. Like, this is what they need. Cool. Let me build this program. They ask more questions. Cool. Let me build that program. So I think it's leading with value first, building, and then finding out a way to monetize it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. Yes, you got something? Or you want me? I got a quick question for you. Do you think in today's world, in today's world, do you think someone could be a successful real estate investor without building a social media brand? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For definitely. sure. I, I, I think they're missing out on massive amounts of money. But mm-hmm. I, like, I was a successful investor before social media. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I do. But I think you're still missing out on opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. Well, so, I, go I was going to say, I think it's hard to be a successful realtor about yes. social media. Yes. But I agree with that. Yeah. Realtor, you need social media. Because <laughs> yeah, right realtor is like referral based. Exactly. Like you have to be out there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely difficult. Yeah, yeah without social sure. media. And as far another thing with uh, monetization, like, well, I'll ask this. What um, income do you like most? Is it the business or real estate or the social media brand? Really? So, hands down. <laughs> Talk about it. Why is, why is, why is that? It's... Again, like you're chasing deals in real estate, right? You have to be like boots on the ground. You have risk. You have overhead. Like I remember my overhead was $100,000 a month at one point just to like keep the business going. Like our marketing budget was multiple five figures every single month. Like, but that's real risk. Like I've lost money on houses before. We flipped a house and I paid the buyer 30 grand to buy the house for me. Like that sucks. You know, I've been in a position where I've literally lost money before. Social media, there's no risk. That social media is literally paying you to promote you. Like, think about any other platform you do that on. TV, radio, billboards. Like, you, you pay, pay people to promote you. Social media is paying you to promote you. You know, it, it's so crazy to me. Like, my girlfriend, you know, gets at me sometimes. Like, I wear my stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Elevate's my brand. Austin Rutherford's my brand. I, it's that or a black tee or a white tee. Like, I don't wear nothing else. Because, like, you're, why would you build something else? You know what I mean? You will pay you the most money more than anybody else out there. And it's free to promote yourself on social media. People are missing the wave. Have you uh, taken advantage of, like, brand partnerships and things like that? Yeah. Uh, so monetization, like, we sell a lot of, like, educational products uh, mm-hmm. through real estate, business, and finance. Um, and then I've had a few like brand deals, um, and those are those are the best because this is like <laughs> boom money, instant money. Yeah, like post, boom, check. That's crazy. <laughs> no, that's that's crazy. Like I like I love this conversation so much just because I'm finding out a lot of people they really prefer that social media money. When you had this yeah. conversation, they like man, f my job. This social Facts. media brand different because like it's in business, it's it's one to one. You know what I mean? Like we flip one house, we make one check. And the amount of work that goes through that is, is a lot, right? And there's risk. But social media is one to many or one to millions. Like you do one post 
and you can connect with hundreds, thousands, or millions of people off of one post. The scalability in it is, is insane. And in real estate and most businesses to scale is so complicated because there's so many people in between that process and people always screw up the problem. Social media, you make a post and it's computerized and it works. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Out of uh, all the platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, which one do you think is the most valuable today right now for people to be on? So to, to build a brand, I think TikTok is the easiest way to build because it still has very organic traffic where mm -hmm. you can get new people and get new eyeballs. As far as monetizing on TikTok, um, in my opinion, it's more difficult because like on Instagram, you got like swipe up, you got close yeah. friends. There's a lot more um, attributes to it, uh, but it's a great way to get eyeballs. And then I take that and I push those eyeballs to Instagram and YouTube. So Instagram for me, like doesn't Instagram doesn't pay me. But I make the most money from Instagram through the swipe ups and through the, the close friends and things of that nature. Um, and then YouTube, I've been building. Um, and like, I mean, people have seen it. There's 10 year olds making $30 million a year off of YouTube yeah. ads. So like, I'm trying to build the YouTube, but that's, that's by far, at least for me, the most difficult thing to build. You know, mm -hmm. I've been doing it for two years and have 100 plus videos. I had 100 plus videos in like 14 months before I even got monetized on YouTube. Damn. So, yeah, that, that's a grind, but I think it's it a long-term grind. Uh, but TikTok is eyeballs. Instagram is like monetization for mm -hmm. me. What's your thoughts? Uh, I want to ask you this regarding diversification because, like, <clears throat> it's always the topic of focus on one lane, build it up, and then diversify out. But when do, like, someone, you successful, like, how do you decide, okay, because you talk about investing in crypto, like, how do you decide, okay, now it's time to put my money and time mm -hmm. into other things now? Yeah. So when COVID hit, it was a very big eye opener for me. Huge. Because all my money and income was in real estate. Now it was diversified inside of, inside of real estate through, you know, rental properties right. and flips and wholesales, but it was all real, real estate. estate. And I was like, oh man, like if this goes down, like I'm, I'm in a tough position, you know? So I, that's when I stepped back. I was like, wait a minute, like how do I make sure like I'm never in this position where there's even a potential risk of like me, like not having income. Uh, so that moment was big for me. Um, and then since then, you know, we've diversified into like 10 plus businesses, but it's because of that moment I realized that one source of income is like terrible. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things, it's a balance between like shiny object syndrome and, and focusing on sure. one thing and building that. So I think like build something and outsource it. So it re requires, you know, very minimal of your time and then take that money, take those profits, and then diversify into things. Um, and there's like active income versus passive income. You know, the thing with social media, it is active income. You know, you have to be posting on social. Things like, you know, crypto, like staking and stuff, like mm -hmm. rental properties, that's passive income. So when you start making money, you should always be investing into more passive income. Uh, but as far as like active business building, like build something and then build the next thing after that thing's already outsourced. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'll ask you a quick question about crypto. So when it came to crypto, like, what were your initial thoughts about crypto before you got into it? And like, what made you finally jump in? Yeah, so the first time I invested in crypto was like 2017, like at the peak, right? Okay. I put like $500 in and it like tanked. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, forget crypto. <laughs> right. And like, I had an account and it kept like emailing me like, you gotta update your password or you're gonna lose your money. And I just forgot about it for four years because it was like $200 at that time. And uh, one of my boys, like he knew I invested in crypto back in the day. And he came, we were in, we were working out the same office. He was like, I got something. I was like, all right, well, like, what is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna tell you next week. I was like, why? He's like, I gotta do my research on it. Then I'm gonna tell you about it. I was like, all right. So the next week he was like, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies. And I was like, man, I've heard about it, but like what? And he was so like enthusiastic huh. about it. That's I was like, all right, do. I at least gotta do some research. So I went home that night and watched like, seven hours of YouTube videos on Bitcoin and crypto and things like that. And the more you dove into it, the more it made sense. Yep. I was like, oh yeah, I'm in. Yeah. So I invested a little bit of money, but then you get like comfortable and then you, it grows from there. So, uh, you know, one of my boys really like put me on mm -hmm. um, and then watched a ton of YouTube videos, uh, hired a mentor then, just hired a mentor last week. And yeah, I'm, I'm all in on crypto. I say that the investments I've made into crypto, the best decision of my life or the worst decision of my life. Like I'm all in. <laughs> nah, and it's still people. I think people still don't know. It's still very early. People but, think it's like late in the game. No. I'm like, 
Y'all have no idea. No. Less than 10% of the U.S. own crypto. Exactly. Like that, that's simple mathematics. Supply and demand. 10% means there's 90% more that can come into to the space. So, yeah, 100% I agree. And there's only 21 million Bitcoin. So, and then somebody else <laughs> told me, they said, every millionaire in the U.S., there's not enough Bitcoin yep. for each millionaire yeah. to own one Bitcoin. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Let me get as many of them as possible. Man, what? <laughs> Go ahead, D. Real quick, I'm going to get into this week's sponsor. So as you guys know, here at the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast, we are firm believers that health is wealth. So just like you take care of your mind, getting your mind right, you got to get your body right. And Eric over at Commando Athletics is having a six-week challenge to help you transform your body. So getting started in your fitness journey can be hard. I know I struggle with it. A lot of people out there struggle with it. But Eric has put together a challenge that's going to help you guys push through, stay motivated, stay inspired, and help you achieve the results that you want to achieve. This plan comes with nutrition plans, workout plans, and a great thing about it is you can do it from the comfort of your home. So you don't have to go to the gym. You can go right home and minimum equipment needed and, you know, get your workout in. So, guys, make sure you go ahead and go over to Commando Athletics. It's going to be from September 13th to October 23rd. And one more thing, the winners of this challenge are going to get a $1,000 cash prize. So, Damn. definitely make sure you jump into this because you don't want to miss that opportunity. Getting paid to get fit. Ain't that yes, something? Ain't Hell that yeah. something? Ain't that health is wealth. All right, health uh-huh. is wealth for real, man. I'll take that. I'll take that for sure. <laughs> and uh, getting, getting back into the show, and how old are you? Uh, 28. You're only 28 years old. And, mm-hmm. with, and with all the success you've accumulated, and I know it hasn't been just a smooth ride. So when you dealing with like hardships, like how do you battle, how do you deal with those things to keep going and keep pushing? For sure. So, you know, people see, you know, the, the gurus on social media and they think they got it all figured out. Like I don't have it figured out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I go through the same struggles, the same down times, the same trying to figure out how to make ends meet financially. Because, uh, like, we're, we're always pushing, right? We don't just sit with money in our bank account. Like, we're reinvesting. We're trying to grow. So, like, we have the same struggles as a lot of you guys out there. Uh, so, for me, like, what I always go back to is what got me to where I am, you know? So, we do all these things to get to the position, like the, the journaling, like the manifesting, like the affirmations, like the believing in yourself, like the writing down your goals, all those things to help grow you to where you are today. And what I find is when I'm struggling with things is I've gotten away from doing those things, So anytime I'm doing that, I go back to the basics. You know, I get back to my morning routine. I wake up early. I work out. I say my affirmations. I do my manifestations, dreaming about what I want. I journal every morning. I read books every morning. And when I get back to that, that's what gets me back on the path. Uh, But we all go through it. We all have down times and struggles for sure. Mm. That's that's what's crazy is. We was talking to Dantes. He said the exact same thing. Like y'all got the same verbatim, like same same routine. So that's. That goes to show for the people that's listening to this, like, success, it doesn't happen by accident. It's intentional. Like, it's something Mm -hmm. you getting up every day and you working and you creating a routine for yourself doing the same shit over and over. Because what's funny is, like, I'll get people that DM me and they be like, hey, man, I want to fly to Dallas and, like, shadow you. And I'm like, bro, you're going to be bored. (laughs) <laughs> like you know like it's not nothing that's like oh Made man up. look at it right it ain't nothing super crazy and special yeah. it's really the same shit yeah. over and over and over you sitting in your office reading books reading. journaling yeah. <laughs> so what, what's some of the um because i know this is another thing that people always want to know like what's some of the books that you you reading right now or books that you learned the most from yeah so i read a book called think and grow rich when i was it was 18 or 19 when i was living in phoenix arizona and like that book completely changed it's when i fell out of love with the game of basketball and i was like Mm. lost you know what i mean whether that's you you know breaking up with a girl whether that's you losing a job getting fired like there's a point where you don't know what to do and that's what i was when i you know didn't when basketball was no longer there i was like what in the world am i supposed to do with my life and I, fr- I wish I remembered how that book ended up in my hands. I'm sure somebody gave it to me. I want to say thank you to them. Um, but I read it and I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the power of the mind, the power of manifestations, things like that. I was on my rooftop just after reading that book and I was journaling. And again, just when you take time to think to yourself, I was looking out and I saw a nine unit apartment building. I was like, wait a minute. If nine people are paying the owner of that building money, like he's got to be making money. And that's kind of how I fell into real estate. Uh, but Think and Grow Rich was huge. Relentlessness by Tim Grover uh, is mm. huge. Uh, Mule, uh, Magician or Mule uh, by Mark Evans is good. Um, and Russ's book, 
uh, what's it called? The, 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 it's Russ, R-U-S-S. He's the author. It's a yellow book. I forget, I forget the title of it. But you talking about the rapper? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's so killing he it. He's a huge, he's smart business name. dude. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. yeah I, I didn't expect you to say that one. Yeah, that caught me off guard. What's up? You and I'm going to ask you this. Um, <clears throat> so you've already like amassed so much success at 28 years at 28 years old. So what's the long game? Like, what are, what's that yeah. ultimate goal that you're hoping to achieve when it's all said and done? For sure. So I get that question all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think, you know, us as entrepreneurs, like, we don't ever think we've done anything. Right. Like, I still feel, That's I still wake up and I feel like I'm broke some days. I'm like, That's oh, crap. Like, I got to figure out how to make money. Uh, so I think, like, we're, we're always pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as, like, what does it look like? I don't look, like, end-to-end goal because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, like, I'm focused on the present. I try to live in the present. Uh, but, like, my goal is $10 million a year net um, passively, which is, mm-hmm. like, the big caveat. You know, how mm-hmm. do you make it passive? Um, and, you know, how to how to get there, I believe, in, in this market is social media eyeballs. Eyeballs yes. is currency. And I think there's a massive opportunity in crypto. You know, I, I think crypto could end up being nine figures if you have enough money invested personally, like, individually. Not, mm-hmm. not the market cap, but, like, for individuals. Individual. And uh, like I truly believe that, you know, I, I think there's a way to pop 50, 100 mil in the next three to 30, maybe 30, 10 years. Yeah. And like, think about this. Like if you if you run up 50 mil, right, you invest that at 10 percent a year, mm-hmm. you're making five million net, literally not doing anything like truly passive income. Like it's it's hard to spend that type of money every single month. You know what I mean? So that's my goal is how to build passive income mm-hmm. and have true freedom. I like it. Yeah, I do too. It's the ultimate and, goal. Knowing you have the uh, basketball background, I have to ask this because I'm a big Uh-oh. basketball fan. You probably know where I'm going. Yeah, so, I do. Kobe or LeBron. You know what I'm about to say. I'm going to add Jordan. I'm going to add Jordan too. Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. Rake them one to three. So, I, I, I wasn't around. I wasn't watching basketball when MJ was here. So, okay. like, I don't. I don't I, I can't. I, I respect him for sure, but like I don't understand like the true respect that I should have for him. Right. So I don't want to rank him. Okay. Because, okay. Like, that's fair. You know, that's fair. He's, Take he's, him out. Take yeah. him out. Uh, but I'm from Ohio. Uh huh. So you make the right I'm, choice. I'm a, Le, I'm a LeBron fan. Okay. Yes, and what, what's your reasoning? So, just because you're from Ohio, or yeah, really? Because <laughs> like some people make arguments and they're like, but he like he doesn't finish sometimes, and that that hits home to me. I'm like. Yeah, you know, you kind of right, but I'm from Ohio, so we're gonna keep rocking. <laughs> hey, I, I agree, man. I'm a LeBron guy too. I'm not from Ohio, but I'm a LeBron guy. Yeah. I think LeBron, in my opinion, you know, people get upset. Kobe fans go crazy. Jordan fans go crazy. In my opinion, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. I agree. It ain't no opinions. It's the fact. <laughs> he's the fact. She said, "Ain't no opinions." It's a fact. I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you so. But someone that's listening to this and they in a, um, like a position where they starting from zero, they might want to get into real estate or if it's not real estate, in business. And they probably don't have much capital, hmm. don't have much of a uh, network. Like what's some of the best pieces of advice you could get them to get on the ground running right now? Absolutely. It's easy to me. It's, it's a two-step process, right? To get anything you want in life is a two-step process. Number one is education. You have to learn what you want to do. That doesn't mean going out and paying 25 racks for a mentor. Like I said, there's YouTubes, there's books, there's 50 or $100 courses. Like there's plenty of content out there for being broke that you can still afford, right? So education is first and foremost, you have to learn the game. But where most people never get to is implementation. Like education without implementation, the implementation without education are worthless. So you got to educate and then you actually got to put into, you know, into action what you're learning. And the problem with that is a lot of people, you know, don't think it's real. They, they see it happening, but then they don't think it's real for them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we all bleed red. You know, I, I always look at other people. I'm like, if they're doing it, like, why can't why I? Not? You know what I mean? And something that I you know, picked up years ago, is called borrowing belief. You know, what that means is like, if you want to get into real estate, look at me. Like, I'm doing it. Borrow the belief, the proof of concept that I have and put that into yourself. Like it has been done before. It's not rocket science. If you want to get into podcasting, look at y'all. Like it has been done. Borrow y'all's belief to build a podcasting episode. Uh, But like it's been done before. There's nothing new in this world outside of like landing on Mars that hasn't (laughs) been done. So look at what's being done and copy whatever they're doing because it's, it's, 
it's already been proven. I always say it's not. It's never a matter of if something's going to happen. It's yeah. only a matter of when something's going to happen. So uh, education and implementation. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Okay, I, I thought you was about to say, but yeah. yeah. So what do you think is more important, in your opinion, capital or network? Network. For mm, sure. You okay. can get you can get the capital from the network. See, this is dope because I like. Everybody have like a different answer to this, but it's based on like their perspective and the things they've been through. And you know how to raise money. It makes sense that you would say network. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, wow. So you, so you, your reasoning is because you could get money from the network. Simple yeah. as that. I mean, you, you can get anything you want from your network, right? And, and something very powerful that I heard like two days ago, Grant Cardone said this. And I've always said like your network is your net worth. And that's what everybody knows, right? Yep. Who, who you know is important, right? Yep. And GC, this was two days ago, and it hit home to me. He said, it's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. That was mm-hmm. powerful when I heard mm-hmm. that. It doesn't matter who I know. Like, I know LeBron. He doesn't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> you feel me? It's about who knows you. And that goes mm-hmm. back to the power of social media and branding yourself, right? You know, we met in Orlando. Yep. And it was mad love. Yep. And I was sitting here in Dallas doing a podcast. It's, it's about who you know. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that was very powerful. That was literally two days ago when I heard that. And I was mm. like, man, it's not about who I know. It's about who knows me. So let's keep pushing this brand. Mm. With, with that being said, though, do you think, like, um, the skill of networking, because I, I think it is a skill For and sure. communicating. Do Absolutely. you think Do you think that's probably the most important skill to have in this day and age? I do, bro. So I got a mentor. I don't know how much money he makes. He makes a lot. He made a million dollars in a week on one business, right? So I know he's... Making money. Making money. And I was like, what do you do every day? Like, I, genuinely, like, what do you do, right? Because I've talked to, like, all of his team members that run all of his businesses. I'm like, what in the world do you do? And he was like, I connect with people. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean you connect with people? He was like, how many people are you connecting with every day? And at the time, I was like, I don't know, like, two or three, maybe? He's like, I connect with 50 to 100 people every single day. I was like, how? How? Oh. Social media, likes, comments, DMs, phone calls, text messages. And he said, literally, I just connect. I connect with people. And I was like, okay, well, like, give me more. Like, how do you connect with these people? And you got to understand, like, if, if you see that somebody likes your picture every day and comments on your picture every day, like, if I was to do that to you, you know, you'd be like, damn, like, Austin, like, rocks with me. Let me, let me see what he's got going you on. You notice, sir. Yeah. And then you look at my page, and then that connection's built, Right. Uh, so that's one hack. Another hack is like when birthdays happen, right? When it's somebody's birthday, most people like, you know, comment on Facebook and say happy birthday or maybe shoot them a text and say happy birthday. You know, what I started doing, I got from him, you pick up, flip out the phone, shoot him a video. Yo, bro, happy birthday, brother. It was great connecting with you at XYZ. Da, 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 da. But when you get a video from somebody, bro, that hits different. When I get mm-hmm. videos, I'm like, man, like, they, I, they, I rock really, with them. Really you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that's like a hack. I send birthday videos, like, when I'm out traveling, like, people that, like, I care about, my family, my friends, my business partners, I'll shoot them a video, like, yo, I appreciate you being here. Let's keep rocking. And, like, it just it just hits different. So uh, networking is definitely a skill. Uh, it's a learned skill for me. Uh, but, like, just stay connected. Connect with people. It's It'll make you more money than a lot of other things out here. Mm. I love that because, like, in this day and age, like, I mean, like, comments and a text, we're just so used to it. It yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. really mean anything anymore, I mean, in my yeah. opinion. So yeah. when you send a video or you pick up the phone and call, oh. it definitely, it makes a difference. Yep. On like, on, like, DMs on Instagram, too. Like, I respond to every DM, every really? single one of them. And, like, there's a lot. And people are like, why do you do that? Why don't you hire it out? Because you can't outsource you, right? It's very mm-hmm. difficult to outsource you. So right. I respond to everything. And a lot of them are voice messages because they're faster for me. Right. And people are like, bro, like, you sent me a voice message? Like, I didn't even think he was going to respond, but you gave me a voice message. Like, making that extra step to connect with people is, is, is priceless. And then sending gifts is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer the more that you give, the more that you give back in return. So I've been, I've been trying to get, a better, get better at gift giving. Um, but it's not like, you know, giving somebody a basketball or something. It's giving something that's impactful to them. So, like, in my notes in my phone, you know how you save a contact? And then there's, like, a note section in each mm-hmm. contact? I write down, when I'm with people and I learn something about them, I write down that note. Like, what's their favorite restaurant? What's their favorite drink? Where do they like to travel to? So, when it becomes their birthday or they, you know, hit it's a goal or something, I'm sending something that's impactful to them. And it's not just getting a basketball. It's getting like a, you know, you love whiskey. I'm sending you a decanter with your logo on it with, uh, you know, uh, whiskey cups to your office. When you get that, you'll be like, man, like, 
that's like a real gift. You know what I mean? Right. Very powerful. But again, that just goes back to networking and connecting with people. Now you just put me on game. I'm definitely, I'm definitely, <laughs> ta I'm definitely taking that. I'm taking that. Step it up yeah, over I'm, here. I'm, I'm stepping it up for I, real. I've, you know how you can send contacts? Yeah. I've sent contacts with the notes on accident. I'm like, oh crap, I shouldn't have sent that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's but what, did you, what would you say the number one attributed to like having a $10 million real estate portfolio before the age of 30? What would you say is the number one thing you attribute that to? Focusing on it. Focus, huh? Again, like I was chasing money, flipping and wholesaling like houses. And I say I like people always ask me, what would I have changed? That's one thing I'd have changed is keeping more rental properties instead of flipping everything. Because my portfolio would be over 200 houses if I kept half of the properties that I flipped. Uh, and I'd be making a lot more money. Um, so I say that, but like I, then I wouldn't have had the money today that I would have had to make the investment. So exactly. rental properties is a long-term investment. Flipping houses is short-term. Okay. Uh, but I think what goes to it is like focusing on that. When I made that pivot about a year and a half ago when COVID hit, like I started buying a lot more rental properties. And the first exit strategy is a rental property. I literally on the way over here, I got another rental property on driving to, to meet you here today because Damn. that's that's my focus. You know what I mean? So I think what got it there is just focusing on that. You know, where you put attention is what grows. So that's where my attention's at. And mm -hmm. this this is uh this is my final question. And how do you Stay focused though, because today in today's time, you got all these social media apps. Especially when you start making money, you go outside. It's a little different when it comes to access to so many different things. Yeah. So how do you like maintain that focus? <clears throat> so I think this is going to be powerful. Social media exists everywhere in today's day and age, yep. right? You cannot get away from social media. So social media exists. I think we can all agree on that. Yep. So there's two ways social media exists in today's society. And there's only two ways. There's no in between. The first way is social media uses you, which is 99.9% .9 of the population. Everybody sits there and just swipes through social media and they consume content and they don't do anything with it. They don't post, they don't add value. They just take, right? I've, I've been guilty of it. Like I've been on TikTok 30 minutes later, I'm like, yeah. Just on TikTok for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So it 99.9% .9 of the world lets tick, lets social media use them. The other 0.1% of the population uses social media because it exists. There's no in between. Even if you don't have social media, social media is still using you because when you go out to eat with your friends, they're talking about this post on social media. So why not use the biggest platform in history to make money and promote yourself. It's only two ways it exists. I want to use it to benefit me and to make money and to help and give back to other people. Uh, so it's the most powerful thing in the world is social media and eyeballs nowadays. So, you know, you have two options. You either, it uses you or you can start using it to make money. I love that. You got any other questions, E? My final question for you, if you don't mind sharing, what was your biggest win in real estate and what was your biggest loss? Who? Um, so the, the first deal made a hundred grand. That was like a huge stepping stone. Um, my, my biggest overall profit on a deal, um, I think it was like 270,000 on one deal. This, the million dollar crib we got going on now, I think we'll net a little over a mil, uh, half a million dollars mm -hmm. on it. So hopefully knock on wood, that'll be the biggest yeah, one. It? It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Uh, biggest loss, I've lost money. So Physically losing money, I've lost money on three houses. Mm -hmm. The biggest loss uh, was 30 grand. So mm -hmm. somebody bought the house. I literally wrote them a check for $30,000 and gave to them the house. the house. It's not a good feeling. Uh, but like projected losses, so meaning like we bought a house, we projected we were going to make 100, but then we ended up making five. So that's a $95,000 loss, but it's not really a loss. It's just a projected loss, mm -hmm. right? Um, I made a bad decision, trusted the wrong people, went against everything I was taught. Ended up losing projected profits of about mm -hmm. 400 grand with one contractor. Um, that was definitely a, a, a hard pill to swallow. Um, but you live and you learn. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And uh, before we wrap up, I know we got we got we got some people here today. Y'all got any questions for them? <laughs> you good? It was about two things. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was giving y'all y'all cameos, man. You know, y'all questions. But um, yeah, before we wrap up, I just want to say, man, we really appreciate you taking the time after a busy schedule to come to come all the way to Clean, Dallas, come rock with us. Ohio legend. <laughs> she's a little, little, she's a little that to come all the way to Dallas and come rock with us. Like we truly, truly appreciate that for real. Absolutely, and, yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. No, of course, man, no, of course. Great but before episode. we let you go, Absolutely. do you mind plugging all your stuff where people can find you, follow you? 
buy products, buy everything you got. <laughs> no, that's love. So uh, I'm on social media, all platforms. Instagram's Austin Rutherford official. TikTok is Austin Rutherford. YouTube's Austin Rutherford. Uh, if you want to connect with me, like message me on Instagram. That's where I respond to everybody at. Um, and if you want to, you know, get started, learn real estate, if you go to thereblueprint.com, um, that's where you can find a lot of my uh, programs and stuff. Um, and then free contracts, free, you know, giveaways, uh, theaustinrutherford.com. Mm. I got I to gotta ask this real quick because somebody, I just got a DM. I feel like this is something super important to talk about. So a lot of times I got a DM about somebody, they said they could put me in a, um, a high published thing uh -huh. for a price. Yep. But it's a lot of entrepreneurs, they like, they solely against like, I'm not paying to get in old this and that. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a great question. So I, I think at, at a point, you no longer have to like pay for those things. But I think at the beginning, again, we live in a materialistic world. We live in a social media world. So if somebody comes to my page and I have 100 followers, nobody's following me. If somebody comes to my page and I have 50,000 followers, I look real. It can be the same time and day, you know, same business, same money, same success. It just doesn't look real, you know, without looking real, right? So I think there's a time and a place to, you know, pay to be on certain things and pay to promote yourself. It's just like marketing, right? You're just paying in a different way. Um, and I, I've personally witnessed Kevin Hart, Grant Cardone, The Rock pay for these things. Yep. So it's something that everybody does. Uh, so I, again, I think there's a time and a place for it. Um, I think, you know, once you're at that point, you no longer have to do it because then you can grow organically mm -hmm. because you have that, you know, proof of concept. Uh, but I, I do think there's a time and a place for it. Okay, I just want to ask her. I, <laughs> I, I love the answer. And yeah, before we wrap up, first I want to say, uh, another, last thing I want to say, this episode is also sponsored by my official crypto guide. And this guide, I go over all the things I learned over these past four years investing in crypto coins that I think you should be investing in, uh, platforms you should use, like everything you need from a beginning standpoint with investing in crypto. And you can get the guide at guide2crypto.com to get it today and start making money in crypto. And before we wrap up, that's all we got. That's all we got for y'all. Y'all can reach me, find me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. And D, what's your, what's your info? And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter, Deanna S. Kent, and YouTube, Lessons in Life and Luxury. And that's all we have for y'all on another episode of Million of Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.